Hello, everybody, and we hope you're doing well during these strange and difficult times. This is Parry and Connor here from the Right on Track podcast, and we still have our special guest from our most recent episode, The Buried Truck, a.k.a. Mike, all the way from Ontario, Canada. Hello, Mike. Hello. Thanks for having me back once again. Welcome back. Welcome back. It was a long trek. Long trek. <laughs> I made it somehow, you know. It's not easy going from Canada to Australia, let me tell you. Especially in these times, I had a lot of difficulty. It was rough. <laughs> I'm honestly amazed that you took my advice of, like, mailing yourself. Like, oh, I didn't expect that to work, but apparently... They didn't YouTube... suspect a thing at the post office. It was unreal. Just when this, you know, human-sized package arrived, not, not only... To... It literally just put wrapping paper. <laughs> That's it. And I, you know what? I did hear a few of the post soldiers going like, "Hey, is is that package breathing? Like, what is that? Do you hear that? No. It was it, it was a miracle that I even made. so. You guys, you've got the best plans in the world. I've got to say. See, brilliant. Next time we should probably use express shipping though and give some. Ooh, that'd be <laughs> yeah. That that would be nice. I would appreciate a little bit faster delivery. But yes, in this bonus episode, it's just going to be Parry and I because uh, all three of us decided that Edward Trevor and the Really Useful Party was a good episode. <laughs> yes, yes Den Denim is cancelled. He doesn't believe. I, I, I know. It's an amazing episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be having a, a bit of a bonus as we talk about writing stories with Mike here. Yes, oh, indeed. Nice. Let's do it. Well, Mike, I wanted to start by asking you, when did you uh, begin to write your own stories based on the, the Railway series? Uh, I've always had an interest in story kind of right from the get-go. I mean, even as a kid, I would make up my own little stories as I went with whatever toys I had on hand. And, um, you know, Thomas stories were obviously a favorite. Even growing up throughout school, I always kind of gravitated more towards English and you know, the, the writing side of things. And I think it was trying to pinpoint an exact year here. About the same time I entered the the online fandom, I think it was about 2014 or so. Uh, and that's when I joined the Sodor Island forums. They, of course, have the extended railway series and yep. uh, other works that people have put up as well. And just seeing how other fans of the show were able to make their own stories and how well they weaved into the existing canon. It really made me want to just give it a shot. And uh, I'd been trying to write stuff for a long time. Didn't know whether to do, you know, a book or short stories. And I was kind of getting flustered with that. But I thought, you know what? Let's try a simple story. Let's try a Thomas story. See where it goes. And that led to uh, basically today. So so do you write uh anything non-Thomas related? Yes, I, I tend to write a lot of non-Thomas stuff. Um, I, I'm heavily into music, so I do try and do a lot of writing for uh, the sake of song lyrics. I My dream is to get a book out at some point, so I am starting work on that. Uh, and I've got a couple, couple collaborative writing projects with some friends of mine uh, that we've been working on for a while, so... That will hopefully lead to something as well. But yeah, there's there's plenty of non-Thomas writing that goes on. And I think that's a pretty important thing. Um, I think if you... I've experienced this, only try and write about one thing. Eventually, you're going to hit a wall. And it's going to be frustrating because you're going to think, uh-oh, I've lost it. 
I can't write this anymore. But if you read things that are not related to Thomas, if you read other authors, other kinds of uh, stories, as long as you have a way of keeping it fresh, then I think if you take a break from it, read something else for a little while and come back, you'll feel rejuvenated and the ideas will come a lot quicker, I feel. Okay. I was going to ask, Mike, what's the secret to writing a good Thomas story? What key ingredients do you need? Uh, well, for me, I think there's a few things that go into it when I'm trying to write. Much like with uh, Wilbert Audrey, I do try to base things on reality as much as I can. I do a lot of research on railway incidents and railway history to try and get some inspiration from that. But even without that, I mean, uh, later seasons of the show, season five and six in particular, they show that you don't necessarily have to have real railway inspiration in order to make a good story. Um, The beauty of Wilbert Audrey's writing is that, yes, it's rooted in history, but it's such a character driven canon or franchise that you can make stories happen with just these characters interacting with each other. It doesn't need to be, you know, about a runaway train or broken points. You can very easily make a story about a personal conflict between Henry and James or Thomas and Percy. Lord knows we've seen that plenty throughout the series. So, of course, of course. yeah, I think, I mean, that's those are the two things that I like to keep in mind the most is, you know, is there an interesting railway event that I can base this off of? And if so, can I make it work in a way that is not just, you know, this railway event is happening and Henry just happens to be present. You know, it's it's got to be done in such a way that it feels like it should be happening to the character and it's happening for a reason, whether they've been, you know, acting high and mighty or, you know, there's there's got to be some sense of karma, which there usually is with these stories. So, yeah, those those are the two biggest things I keep in mind is, you know, of course, trying to be as faithful to real railways as possible, but also just making it an enjoyable story from the point of the characters. Mm. That, that, that's a very good point. So I, I enjoy plenty of real-life railway accidents. One of my personal favourite being the Soham Rail Disaster, which I really recommend to everyone listening to this to look it up. It is like a heroic World War II railway story with explosions and self-sacrifice. It's brilliant. But um, what I definitely find is important um, which you pointed out there, was you can't just have a character present. You need to have drive and motivation for them to be there. You can't just go, ah, this engine, which everyone thought was this uh, train here, was actually Thomas. And it turns out that he was that character present Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. in, in that thing. Yeah. And I don't mean to be negative about this but Mm. i feel like that's why that's what a lot of christopher audrey's stories suffer a lot of the events of his stories aren't necessarily reliant on the characters involved and i think he does a great job of you know picking out railway events to base stories off of but it's missing that interplay between the characters and you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like the events are a consequence of the characters actions in those stories. 
And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind is that, again, as much as Wilbert was a stickler for railway realism, I don't think he ever let that get in the way of a good story happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was first and foremost about, you know, making an entertaining story that everybody could enjoy, whether you knew about railway operations or not. Yeah, and, and that's good. Now, opening up to more than Thomas here, mm-hmm. is there any particular genre that you love writing or would love to write? Is it like a murder whodunit or a sci-fi or horror? There is a lot of merit in every kind of genre, I have to say. I love different genres for different reasons. Sci-fi, ideal is something that always has a lot of work put into the backstories and a lot of really good world building. Um, the same could be said for fantasy, actually. I, I enjoy writing fantasy stuff more because really anything can happen. Oh. Um, and, and I mean, even if you're trying to write for just a specific genre, it's important to look outside the parameters of that. I think that people, and I say this because it's happened to me before, we tend to get too much in our own heads about, okay, well, I'm writing a fantasy novel, so I have to have this kind of setting, these kinds of characters. I need this sort of a plot that the characters need to follow. And, you know, it's just, I think genres are a great way to get a starting point and an idea of what you can go for. But beyond that, there's really no rules. I think you can kind of expand and do whatever you want with your characters and your world because it's yours. It's not somebody else's. You know, that's the thing is with Thomas, when I'm writing that, I do feel like I have to be respectful and mindful of the work that Wilbert and Christopher have done, even Britt and David to a certain extent with their writing for the episode. Yeah. Um, because they're not my characters. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to change them uh, just because I'm writing it now. I have to be respectful of of what they've been established as. Whereas if you're writing your own work, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. You can make a character flip flop between different personalities. You can have them go through whatever growth you want. You can make a plot about basically whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, all the genres have different merits, no matter what you're going for. But it's it's a matter of making sure that you know that you can do really anything with it. You mentioned before, Mike, hitting a wall when you're writing. And mm-hmm. I'm wanting to know when that happens, uh, who do you turn to? What particular works of literature or authors do you use for inspiration to help you keep going? So there's a few that I tend to go to. First of all, I will say that as much as it's something that we all can struggle with from time to time, I think writer's block is a bit of a myth. It, it is something that you can work past. Just because you're having issues writing one specific thing doesn't mean you can't reach out and try another one. So a lot of people I turn to in those moments are uh, one of my favorite authors is Neil Gaiman. Just the way that he can build a world and build these characters that you become so deeply invested in in such a short period of time. Uh, And just the way he describes everything, it it really just, you can close your eyes and you see exactly what he's saying, just in perfect detail. It's amazing what he can do with words. Um, A lot of poetry I go to as well. Pablo Neruda is a Spanish poet from long, long ago. But again, just his descriptive 
imagery it's so inspiring to just go through that and see he writes love poetry but the way that he writes about it is not just your standard hallmark vision of love like it's there's so many different types of imagery that he uses and that can be really inspiring too more than anything i think what inspires me in those times is uh the beat writers from the 1960s so you've got alan ginsburg uh, Jack Kerouac, uh, William S. Burroughs. The beat writing is such a stream of consciousness kind of writing that you don't really, it's writing where you don't have to stop and think. You're just basically writing whatever comes to mind, no matter for grammar or structure or spelling. It's very freeing and it lets you get out a lot of that mental junk almost. So it's it's a good way of cleansing the palate, I guess, for you to then go back and try and make something more cohesive. Would you say that beat writing is the scatting, like the singing scabada-doo-ba-ba-ba-da-da-da <laughs> of writing? Yes, with more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's You wouldn't believe the uh, the things the fellas get to. Uh, we do not condone the... Uh, abuse and usage of drugs. <laughs> the the Right on Tracks podcast does not condone the use. Yeah, yeah. Um, or other um, uh, addictive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ad- addictives. We'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I, I've I've only got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. You are to write a spoof episode of Thomas. So you're mm-hmm. using Thomas characters in the Thomas world. What kind of spoof story do you go with? Hmm. That is a good question because there's a lot of different ways you could do that. Because mm. um, I know one thing that I would like to do is I would like to do a kind of whodunit episode, except mm-hmm. it's the missing coach. And mm. it has got another indignation meeting, and it 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 it's it just goes crazy from there. James thinks that he's being the best possible detective there is, mm-hmm. you, you know, a spoof. So you keep to the character, but you just change something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, it, with that in mind, I think it would be great to write an episode of Friends using uh, Thomas characters. And rather than rather than rather than all of them gathering at the coffee shop, they just gather at the sheds, and uh, you could have a lot of fun with that. I don't know. I, I think I'm trying to think who would be the Ross in that scenario because Ross is the worst. Oh, <laughs> it's not that bad. I like Ross. <laughs> like like either Gordon or James. I I, I feel like Gordon because I feel like James would be a Joey. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure. Yeah. Um. Who who'd be a Chandler? Uh, well, see, actually, now that I think about it, I think yeah. that Henry would be the Joey. Yeah. I think James James would probably be the Chandler. J- James would be a great Chandler with the sarcasm. Henry. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm liking that. Okay. <laughs> who, who plays Phoebe? Who's the crazy one? Um. Who? If we're talking CGI, then I think Marion feels that role very easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that works well. <laughs> I tell you what, 
If I were to do a parody of Thomas the Tank Engine, it would be in the style of an episode of Arrested Development because you've already <laughs> got the narration there. Yeah. You've got the rapid fire dialogue. You've got the cutaways. You know, it's just, it's all you, there. You know, take any uh, like sitcom TV show and input your favorite characters from Thomas, and it seems to work. It does. It really does. Like, like, it, like, it does. Like, I mean, bring up The Office. That seems to work well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you could make a sketch comedy show out of these engines. You could just have different scenarios that you're throwing them in, and you could make, like, a Sodor Saturday Night Live. Or, or even, take it more literally, have, like, a Survivor-type show, and you oh. literally throw different challenges at them. <laughs> no, that's just the Great Railway Show. What am I on about? <laughs> it is. You're quite right, Connor. <laughs> have you got now, any more questions, Harry? I, I do have a couple more questions for Mike. Uh, yeah. First of all, coming back to Thomas and Friends, Mike, have you had any members of the Audrey family or any staff from the television series uh, have a look at your work? To the best of my knowledge, I don't think so. Um... Actually, I will say, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, a friend of mine from the fandom did say that um, Michael White, our very own Michael White, who is now a writer on the show, um, he did enjoy the the Richard stories that Carson and I had put out. And I feel like, I thought someone mentioned that Ian McHugh had seen them too and liked them. I don't know about that. I could be misremembering some information, but... Um, I do believe Michael White said he enjoyed them. So that that's a pretty big honor. Wow. But as far as I know, I don't believe uh, anyone from the Audrey fran- uh, family or uh, Brit herself has seen anything. Uh, if they have, they are, they are silent viewers, and that's okay. <laughs> of course, of course. Not um, everything but... needs to be done with praise. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Quite right, Connor. <laughs> and, Mike, my final question to you is, is there anybody in the fandom whose work you'd like that you'd like to give a shout-out? Yeah, I mean, th- there's so many talented people in this fandom. I, I feel like I'm going to be missing people if I don't talk about them, but I, I do have uh, a couple friends who I'm in a writing group with, uh, Cynic on Rails, The Red Jinty, and uh, DD&T6. Uh, they are all fantastic writers, all with their own styles. Highly recommend uh, people check them out. They post a lot of free-to-adapt stories as well. We've also got, of course... I mean, this is the thing with this fandom, is you get people who are so talented in multiple different areas. They can write, they can film, they can voice, they can produce, and it's all amazing. So... I mean, when I started in the fandom, uh, TARDIS Rescue was a big inspiration for me. I think his stories are just so classic. Same with people like Wild Norwester, uh, Enterprising Engines. They they have a way of writing that tends to both weave itself into what exists and also stand on its own as its own unique thing. Yeah, I mean, there's God, there's so many people when I think about it. There's just so many different ways you can go about expressing that talent. And writing is one thing. Modeling is one thing. Uh, music. There's so many good music makers in this fandom. Oh, yeah. And you guys highlight oh, a lot of yeah. Um, yeah, every day I, I feel like I go on something new that someone posts. And I'm like, wow, that is really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, writers for sure. Everyone I mentioned, please go check them out. 
just just a very talented fandom. I think we should be very very proud of the people who are a part of this. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, um, a lot of those music makers have contributed, some of them not by knowing it, to our own podcast as well with all their yes. remixes and covers. Yes. So we've definitely got to give a shout out to all of those. Mike, we have alluded to it both in this episode and the main one you're a part of, but um, obviously there is a global pandemic on right now and we very much thank you for taking the time to speak with us and find time to speak with us. And uh, we do hope you're doing well over there in Canada. And um, yeah, hopefully once all this is over, we can meet you in person and yeah, just do something fun together. Oh, I certainly hope so. I thank you guys again for having me on the main podcast episode and this one. And I hope you are safe wherever you are and staying healthy. Brilliant. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode, Mike. We hope you have a fantastic day. But for all of you listening at home, we, we hope you're staying safe. We hope you're having a good time. And maybe you've learned a little something about writing this bonus episode. But meanwhile, I've been Connor. I've been Perry. I've been Mike. And this has been a Right on Track bonus track. 